I think it's important that people show that other side of you know, have down days. Mm. That's one thing that I've I've said before. It annoys me. Like you see blokes like you know, Tony Robbins and Gary Vaynerchuk and all these guys, yeah, and they're yeah. just on all the time. And it's like, come on, you know, you're not on all the time. Mm. You know, there's there's days where you, it's just a shit day. Yeah, yeah. You know, and we need to hear that because then because people can't really relate because then people are like, oh my god, is this? Uh, I, I'm not happy all the time. I'm like, oh. G'day, legends. Hope you're doing well out there. We've got another cracker of an episode coming up for you. This week we sit down with all-round good guy, Josh Quarmby, who's the founder of Blokeopedia. Blokeopedia delivers programs and events to communities and businesses that promote and encourage positive discussion around the health and well-being of Australian men. We talk about the importance of community, the lost art of the conversation, and how important it is to have relatable people like former Wallabies great Ben Alexander and ex-Origin star Dave Shillington helping change the way we talk about mental health. Enjoy. And now a quick message about our sponsors who make this podcast for the working class possible. Quotespec is the newest building and construction quoting app created and designed by a working builder. Produce job-winning professional quotes in minutes with Quotespec's cloud-based quoting software. Gee, that was a mouthful. Get your free trial at www.quotespec.com and be prepared to get your weekend back. You! Welcome to episode number seven of Trademutt's 120 Grit podcast. Uh, Dan and I are lucky enough to have founder of Blokeopedia, Josh Quarmby, with us. Welcome, Josh. Thank you very much, Ed. Thanks, Thank, Dan. Thanks for coming in, mate. Um, first of all, tell us, what is what is Blokeopedia? So Blokeopedia um, started about two and a half years ago uh, as a blog site initially, um, as a way of encouraging men um, to start having conversations around those issues impacting their lives. So I guess talking about all things bloke, um, you know, trying to get a little bit deeper than uh, the cars and sports that we're used to talking to at the pub. Um, yeah, so started a blog site blog site to basically encourage that uh, discussion uh, and two and a half years later we've gone from doing blog sites to now doing uh, events and running programs um, aimed at yeah, promoting positive discussion around men's health and well-being uh, as well as giving ty- uh, guys the tools to um, I guess navigate their lives. Awesome. Mate um, Ed forgot to say to you in the intro 120 grit rough enough to take the surface off. Oh yes. Without tearing it apart, a little sandpaper reference. So you, there you go. Are, are especially you, with the ashes going on at the moment. Ooh, ooh. ouch! Yeah. Um, are, you re- are you ready to have your surface roughed up a little bit? So I read um, on your uh, LinkedIn um, page, yes, little um, blog that you wrote, mm-hmm. um, very well read, um, or well written, I should say. But you um, talk about your father losing yeah. your father yep. at, at a young age, and yeah, that sort of has moulded you a bit. Yeah, and I think um, that was pretty much what uh, got Blokeopedia started and, and kind of um, took me on this journey that I've been on for now for a while. I, um, in, um, you know, starting the blog site, the first article that I wrote was about um, losing my dad as a 15-year-old uh, and how that impacted my life going into manhood. Um, I guess for years didn't really deal with... Um, with it, the, the loss and the grief um, and like many people do um, bottled that emotion um, and I guess over ye- over the years that kind of uh, like a pressure cooker would release in probably negative ways that, that shouldn't have you know so I was angry at times uh, moody 
bit of a prick at times. Uh, and so I, I spoke about that loss and how not dealing with it um, impacted me uh, negatively and also impacted the, the relationships I had. Why, 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 do, why don't you think you, you dealt with it at the time? Um, I think part of it was, you know, this, this thought that um, I'm all right, you know, and, and that, you know, growing up um, thinking that I didn't need to talk about my emotions and how I was feeling and that, you know, no, I'm, I'm good, I'm good, when really I wasn't. Um, and, but that took, you know, 15 and it took me till, you know, till starting Locopedia almost to go, holy shit, you know, that was really impacting my life. And, and the experience of writing it down and actually sharing with people, like sharing with the world essentially, uh, that, that, you know, I wasn't feeling good, um, was really quite cathartic and, and um, yeah, o- almost know, soothing in a way to be able to a talk release. about it. It was big yeah. time. Yeah, so I had friends of mine uh, that, um, you know, that I'd known for years. They, they called me going, you never knew you lost your father. I never knew you, wow. you know, that, that that impacted your life. And then that uh, started conversations, you yeah. know, um, that my mates would, you know, go, yeah, look, I went through a similar uh, situation and um, then kind of got the ball rolling to actually talk about things so did you ever talk about it obviously you know from the age of 15 like did you ever talk to anyone about it like at all or was it always just processing it yeah no I know that my mum encouraged um all of us kids to go and see a counsellor at at times and I think um just uh the way that counsellors are kind of portrayed you you think oh well obviously something's wrong with me if I need to go and see a counsellor so I'd go along and you know play the game and yeah all good and off I went, and then, but never really, really deal. So with that it. was going to the counsellor to appease your mum and yeah, sort of yeah, exactly. make it look like you were doing something positive. But yeah, when yeah. you would talk to the counsellor, you're sort of still just putting on a bit of a oh, front. Exactly. You know, sixteen, you know, fourteen, fifteen year old, fifteen, sixteen year old boy. You know, and yeah, you know, I'm all right. You know, six so foot tall, bulletproof. Exactly. <laughs> you go in and you're, you're all guarded, and you know, you, you grunt and yeah, and make the right noises when need to and, and off you go and yeah, get did, on with things. Did you go in there speaking to a counsellor with the preconceived idea that you weren't going to get along with this person no matter what or that they weren't going to help you at all? Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think I'd just go in and go, I don't want to see this bloke. What's he you know, yeah. know about You don't me. know me. Yeah. That's yeah. an interesting point because <laughs> when it comes to help-seeking behaviour for guys, how much of a role do you think that actually plays in reaching out to a potential, you know, someone who is a professional in mm. the field and who can help work through things? How much of a role do you reckon that plays? Our perceptions. Our perceptions and, you oh. know, who this person is and they're not going to actually be able to help me because they don't get me kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, I think that's a lot of it, you know, and I think until um, as I matured and uh, was talking to more guys like yourselves and, and, and even mates of mine who... You know, tradies in um, the construction industry, they're going, oh, yeah, I went and saw a, a counsellor or a um, psychologist when I went through, you know, a divorce or whatever it might have been, that you kind of go, it's actually not that uncommon and there's nothing wrong with going to do it. So, you know, I guess, you know, if you, you bung your knee or whatever, you're going to go and see a, a doctor, but if there's something wrong with you uh, and your mental health or, you know, stuff that's going on in your, your life, I think you need to be able to look at it the same way as what you would your physical health and go and see 
a professional to help you deal with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, definitely. And that's just changing that perception. Like that conversation yeah. you're having with your mates and you understood that actually there's a fair few people out there doing it already. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's actually... People just aren't talking about it enough. So we've had um, a couple of guests in here recently. Uh, Rupert Ballinger was in here and he had a profound story of losing his father at, at the age of 12. And then uh, Dennis Rush we had in uh, recently as well. And he lost his father at the age of 15. Um, but in both cases, I think it's uh, a lot like a long period through those formative years and late teens, early 20s to actually come to terms with and process what you've been through. Mm. Do, you, do you find that to be the case in your situation as well, that it's been like a long sort of growth period of kind of trying to understand and, and figure out exactly how it went down and how you've processed it all? Yeah, you know, I think um, when I lost Dad, uh, it was an interesting time anyway because Mum and Dad uh, divorced when I was quite young, when, when I was nine years old. Um, so we didn't have the strongest relationship. So... And we'd just Your father started, and yeah, yourself. My, yeah, sorry, my father and myself, uh, we didn't have the greatest relationship um, just due to that. Um, so when I lost him, it was kind of dealing with that anger and then, you know, the loss and the hurt and all that kind of stuff and at the same time trying to be this you know, stoic man of the house because I thought, well, you know, in the step of my here. father, yeah. I'd be the man of the house. So um, stiff upper lip and all that. Um, so it wasn't until, yeah, that I probably things would happen in life and, you know, you'd, you'd kind of realise that you did miss that person and, and that you, you know, like it could be something as simple as, a you know, school graduation or, you know, um, getting married was a big one recently. Um, yeah, that you do kind of realise the significance of the loss. I think for me as well, though, I was really lucky um, in that I had some really good male role models around me and my uncles and even you know, um, strong female uh, role models as well. So it wasn't like a, there was an absence of that, like some... You didn't uh, feel young, isolated. No, that's right. Yeah. Like some people do when it, when they experience that that kind of loss that they do not have anyone to turn to. So I was kind of, yeah. That was going to be, yeah, that was going to be my next question. Who did you sort of turn to for role models? But I guess, so you're talking uncles on your mum's side? Yeah, yeah, we've got a very, very close family. Tight family. Yeah, so yeah. they, they um, have always been there. Um, so really lucky to um, to have had had those people, you know, older cousins as well. So yeah, definitely um, well supported in that regard. Yeah, that's awesome. So so what was the you said you know there was a bit of a turning point for you to to start Blokeopedia. Yeah. What was the when did you realise that you had to start you know writing these things down and and sort of putting your thoughts out on the paper? To be honest, it was not deliberate. Uh, in any way to kind of go out and, um, you know, uh, establish this organisation that that it's become now. It was, um, there was, uh, I, I kind of saw that there was a need to for guys to start talking about these things, um, you know, um, so I was encouraging fellas to start sharing their stories, so they was, you know, sharing them and I'd post them on this website and stuff. Um, so really from doing that was like, you know, because I'd, ask people to talk about travel or whatever they were kind of going through. And then over time we kind of whittled it down and started focusing on, I, I guess, the, those real issues that impact us in the day-to-day. -day. So, you know, your health and your, your lifestyle and um, your career and stuff like that, uh, as well as your relationships. So kind of became more focused over time and grew organically. I think 
in, you know, obviously the, the story about dad was the one that kind of got me started. But I guess what motivates me to keep going is the guys that you talk to uh, and women as well that you talk to in day-to-day to kind of go, hey, this is really important what you guys are doing because there's they then share a story about, you know, their life or someone that they know, you know. So whilst my own story was what kicked the ball off, uh, it, it's the other stuff that really is driving me to go, you know, uh, keep going every day. That's know. awesome, yeah, and I guess that's sort of how it is, isn't it, too, because yeah. you start – you know, in one direction and, you know, once you put yourself out there, it's incredible, you know, yeah, what, yeah. what other results that you don't kind of see coming, mm. come out of it. So that process for you of writing down your story, yep. you were saying it was quite a cathartic process. Mm. How important do you think it is? Because we're obviously all about, and, and as are you, about blokes having conversations and talking openly yep. about different things they've been through as much as anything, just as a way to process what they've actually been through. But the reality is is there's a lot of guys out there who just can't find the strength to talk about it. Mm. But that doesn't mean that you can't write it down, you know? Yeah, yeah. How important do you reckon it is just in any form at all to be able to get out of your head what is going on? I, th- I think the important thing to do, for me, you know, I, I enjoyed writing. I wouldn't, I, you know, as I, when I sat, sat down to write that story, um, I didn't realise that the impact that it would have on me doing it. I remember I remember crying, you know, quite a while, kind of going, holy shit, you know, this is um, really coming all to the surface. And so that, for me, worked, you know. But that's not going to work for every guy, you know. And um, I think, you know, it, it's all about finding your, your group and, and being in a, a position that you're actually comfortable to share with, you know. That community. It, exactly. And it, it is finding, um, you know, your tribe or, you know, those bunch of guys or girls or whatever that you feel safe to talk about it and sometimes you don't even have to talk about it It might be just that you feel safe and just being with them and that you feel comfortable and maybe over time it might be that you share a little bit you know um i think it's all about um not rushing the conversation but doing it in a time that you know is comfortable for you yeah definitely and that's the key i think isn't it creating a space where people actually just feel accepted, understood and supported mm. and then the rest will happen, I guess, when it needs to. Yeah, and I think that, you know, talking about things, that sharing your story is probably only, it's part of a bigger puzzle that you need to do anyway, you know, when it comes to your, your mental health and um, your well-being, you know. You've got to look after your physical health and um, exercise, diet, sleep, all of that stuff as well and, and obviously those conversations are, and the social connection is part of that big puzzle as Based well. Based around the entire thing. I think so. It's yeah. all encompassing. That's yeah, that's, that's what we're trying to get across here too is that it's not just, yeah, the mental health side of things. It's, you know, physical and nutritional as well and it's, you know, it's imperative to be looking after all three facets to make sure that, you know, for lack of a better word, best version of yourself. We've tried to cut that out, haven't we? Um, well, it's just there's no, no, not many other be alternatives. The best version of yourself. The buzzwords. Yeah, yeah. yeah, mental wellness, all that sort of stuff. But it yeah. is all true. And the more we talk about it, you know, mm. it's just normalising it, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so we're talking about it right now, which yeah. is... Yeah. And it is a bit new, but it's necessary because yeah. blokes are killing themselves. And, you know, with, without a change, you know, changing the culture and the way we perceive, you know, this subject, nothing's going to change, is it? Well, that's right. You know, I think, you know, know, and and the work that you guys are doing, um, the the conversation started, and you can't get a brighter conversation started (laughs) than that. You know, I know that guy um, that I go to the gym with, he 
does trademark Thursdays yeah, nice. uh, with his crew. And, Legend. and so in that, started the conversation with me. I said, oh, man, the guys. Really now it's working. It's, awesome. it's working. It's oh, working. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Do you, um, do you remember your first Blokeopedia event? I do. Yeah. I had it at the um, Victoria Park Golf Club. Lost oh. plenty of balls there. <laughs> Old Vicky Park. I tell you what, they should have a big equanimity sign when you <laughs> walk up to the first tee. Yeah, I haven't played there in a while. Yeah, no. You've lost a few golf clubs there too, haven't you? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So that first event, Vic Park. Yep. How, can you can you remember how that went down? Who you had there and how, you know, oh, sorry, who you had speaking there and how many people were there yeah, yeah. attending? Oh, jeez. Um, Just to blast from the past here. It was. And, and I look at the that event now as to, to, to the ones that we run now. You know, it was very much... That lecture style kind of um, here, here, yeah, exactly. So people stand at the podium. The one thing guys yeah, like, it's yeah, it's exactly. Yeah. So better goddamn listen to this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You will listen, and you will listen well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I had some really good speakers on that night. I think they had um, four, four or five guys talk. Uh, there was eighty people there. I think mostly my family and friends. Um, that, that that's, eighty, only, but that's eighty people. They're we, the only we, people we who have bought our up. shirts. Yeah. Our family and friends. <laughs> that's right. Um, yeah, so I had uh, Justin Gange from... Um, oh, yeah. Mason he's coming on the podcast, so He's coming We've in. got him coming on. Oh, gem of a man. He's yeah, a legend. Lovely guy. The buck, 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 buck the, the Bronco. Bronco. Buck, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Dude, totally. Unbelievable. Dude. So he's oh. coming in a couple of weeks. Yeah, tell him, tell him to bring in his guitar. Oh, really? Can sing. Yeah, yeah well, he yeah. sent us through that video of him on... afraid of these cameras either. Yeah. Yeah, he'll be playing up to him. Awesome. Right. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to play it up then. Yeah, cool. Well, we can't wait to meet him then. No, he's a good bloke. Um, so uh, Justin, um, Dave Shillington, Shiloh, who uh, has now jumped on board as um, one of the directors of Blokeopedia. So, so who did Dave Shillington play for? He was a uh, Raider, Raider for a while, wasn't he? Camp Raiders. Yeah. Uh, I think he started with uh, the Roosters. That's right. Early in his career and then um, went to the Raiders and uh, finished off at the, the mighty Gold Coast. Titans. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I had him. Um, another fella, um uh, Daryl Green, who was a former police officer, got shot in the line of duty. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he had a uh, pretty interesting um, story to tell. Um, and a guy by the name of Peter Rowe, who um, has got Down syndrome and um, actually communicates through um, facilitated communication. So he's Whoa. actually. Wow. He's a remarkable man. Yeah, so he's based on the sunny coast and. Um, he just understands what Blokepedia is about. He will actually type out what he needs to say on this kind of um, board. And uh, yeah, he how did you come across? How did you come to meet him? I think through social media. Yeah, I thought this guy is amazing. It's incredible. Yeah, so we, I went. He's very much into his artwork and stuff. So I went and spent some time with him in his art studio and um, on the sunny coast, and asked him to come and speak. And he did such a great job, you know, um, and, and talks about the power of. And the importance of community and connection. So, and that's to me what um, Blokepedia is very much about: is you know creating a community that you know people uh, are able to connect and start sharing their stories. Mate, that's awesome. Mm. So, did has it changed in the way you anticipate it to be after your first event? Yeah, I think I've, um, it's probably a little bit more relaxed. It is, you know, Vicky Park was a great uh, location to have it there for the launch event and. Um, but really, uh, for me, it's really important to have it in an environment that guys feel safe to have that conversation or feel that they can, you know, throw up their hand and get involved. So it is 
not so much that theatre style um, stand and deliver that we did before. Um, but it, more it, conversational. Yeah, it is conversational. You know, panel discussion, guys sitting around, maybe have a have a beer and a bit of pizza or whatever it might be. So it's it's about creating that environment uh, that people can go. You know, what well, it's actually quite a good night out to actually go to a blokeopedia event. Yeah, you hear yeah. some good stories, yeah. and it's not. Talking and you're happy about to tell your mates about it at work the next day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> not going. Oh, I just went and listened to these guys rabbit on about mental health and depression for two and a half hours, yeah. or whatever it is. You know that you're actually going and you're taking away something that's going to be valuable. That's awesome. Everyday life, yeah. So so what do you think is the, the reason there's been a break? Do you feel there's been a breakdown in community feel like these days? Like there's not as many community events or not as many people come together. Like we're, we're very well connected, but at the same time we're very isolated. Do, do yeah, you feel I, that? I definitely feel that, yeah. I think, um, you know, I think social media's got a lot to answer for. You know, it's a great tool for connecting with each other, but I don't think we're connecting on the level that we used to, you know. Um, Very surface level. Yeah, you know, I, I grew up in country New South Wales, you know, where you'd kick the, the you know, as a kid kick the ball to your neighbours and you knew what everyone was doing, you'd run around and, you know, go to barbecues and stuff on the weekend and yeah. really there was a good community feel, you know, uh, through soccer clubs and various other groups. Whereabouts? What town? Cootamundra. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, so birthplace of Sir Donald Bradman. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Claim to fame. That's it, yeah. That and um, and Josh Quamby. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's <laughs> how I know Kuda yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, it wasn't the Don. <laughs> no, yeah, nice. Brilliant. Yeah. yeah, so I think, you know, I think there is definitely um, a bit of that community feel missing of late. But, you know, movements like Trademark and, and these other organisations, you know, Blackpedia as well, where they're encouraging that connection. It's kind of sad in a way that we've gotten to that but at least we're actively promoting that importance of you know of, just, of the connection. Well, we're quickly like, trying to yeah, we're trying to unfuck what we've what we've yeah, ruined. Yeah, we're trying yeah. to yeah, claw our way back, aren't we? Yeah, but it's, maybe it, we just it, have to blow up mobile phones, yeah. and technology, or Facebook. <laughs> yeah. or something. Well, it's it's an interesting one. Like you think, I just for, for me, I just look at bowls clubs in Brisbane, right? Like yeah, lawn bowls. Yeah, lawn bowls. Yeah, I, I I couldn't think of a single lawn bowl except Tawong. That's going because of the uni. That's left. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Balmoral Bowls Club shut down. The New Market Bowls Club. The one here in East Brisbane. Like mm. they're all just dead. So it's sort of like like that. That would have been a, a thriving community hub thirty years ago. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean? Everyone would have been down there having a few schooners, catching up with their mates. Mm. That's all. That doesn't exist. Yeah. So what? What are they? Like you know, what are those blokes doing now, uh, and and women doing now mm. to to feel that sense of community? It's like I don't know. It's it's interesting. Yeah. Where do people go? Yeah, well, I mean, when you talk about social media and, you know, the thing, its biggest strength is also, its I guess, its biggest weakness sort of as yeah. well. But it's, um, I mean, it's great. Like, you can have, you know, we've got family all over the world and, you know, all that sort of stuff. And you can stay in touch or you can pick up the phone and you can FaceTime and you can see someone face-to-face and, you know, in that way it's it's awesome. But I think at the same time probably people are, you know, feeling because of that that they've got everything in there in the palm of their hand and they don't they're not going out searching for you know for, for more social activities yeah, well, I suppose, to do i suppose my point is that how do we make people understand that having a community or being a part of a community is actually a really move to a country thing. town <laughs> move to yeah. a country town move to a country town and go and see how they do it because everywhere every time even mount i we're in mount Isa on the weekend yeah. and chatting to tonka and renita and they were saying if anyone in mount Isa, no matter what if anyone is on the bones of their ass, or struggling, or got anything going on, it doesn't matter if no one in the town likes them or not. 
everyone will rally around and whoever it is out. and yeah. help them out and, and, you know, get them back on their feet and, you know, try and, you know, really get behind them. And that's unique to country towns. Yeah, and I know we um, did an event out in Claremont last year. They do this event every year, um, Jugs and Jocks. And it's that sounds of, fun. Oh, <laughs> I didn't get to go. Was, uh, uh, Shiloh and, and Dr. Clive um, went out there. Um, no, sorry, Gary uh, Gary Mills, another guy that's involved with Blokepedia, they went out there and um, it was a men's only event. So it was to basically encourage guys to, you know, get together, talk about um, mental health and wellbeing. There's, I think there's 120 guys rocked up, you know. Shit. Some of them were, you know, uh, pushed through the door by their wives and stuff. Get in there. Heard some really positive stories that, you know, um, following it that guys were actually going, that was really good, you know, that my son was saying that he, you know, guys that took their sons along, you know, started those conversations and stuff. So, yeah, I think country towns do do it really well and, and I think maybe in these bigger places like Brizzy and Sydney and stuff that you, you probably feel a little bit more um, disconnected from, from that community um, just due to the size of the Well, I mean, the other flip side of it is with country towns is, I mean, obviously, you know, suicide rates uh, are quite high, mm. you know, in country towns. Um I guess the isolation part also comes into it as well, probably particularly when you are younger, you know, teens, yeah. late teens, early 20s, looking for opportunities or whatever. You know, if you're, if you're there and you're well-established, well, then, yeah, that sense of community is probably fantastic. But there's, I think, probably also a lot of younger generations, you know, who are living in remote communities that are feeling a bit isolated and not mm. sure where to go or want to get out or, you know, looking for, for, for opportunities. Um, yeah. It's, I mean, the, the re-emergence of more sporting clubs is the most important part for rural communities. Like back in the day when my parents were first dating, everyone used to have a tennis party. Like you just drive over to every Friday, someone would have a tennis party. Or a tennis party. But that was it. Like everyone had a tennis court. Everyone used to go play tennis. But now that doesn't happen anymore. Again, like it's just sort of, it's just, yeah, that that part of the community feels died out. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, I think it's important that we try and re-engage people to, to come back together. Like, me personally, it's hard in Brisbane, obviously, because it's so big, but I've just made little changes recently, like just trying to meet more people. Like I was talking about Jenny from the gym. Yep. Like I know Jenny now. So every morning I say good day to Jenny. Like it's a lot easier to not go in there and say hello, but now we've got that connection, you know. And like Tom and Troy here at the coffee shop, go over there every morning, have a chat with them for 10, 15 minutes. It's great. You know, I, I really I'm, like it's it's far more enjoyable. It's great for me too because I've, I've managed to offload him a little bit to some other people, yeah. so I don't have to put up with it all the time. Yeah. I'm annoying everyone else, <laughs> but I think that could be little things that people can introduce. You know, know the bus driver's name when you go into work. You know, know, a, you know, you know, learn, meet those people because you mm. make that connection, it's, and then it's, it's taking the time, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think it's not know, that hard. It's not that hard. Yeah, yeah, just just take that that five minutes because you're there waiting for your coffee. It's anyway. not that hard if you understand the art of conversation. And, mm. and putting yourself out there. And that is something that has really been lost in the past, or, we, you know, this sort of generation, the past 15, 10, 15 years with social media. We're so much more connected now digitally. Yeah, You know, we don't have to talk to people. We don't have to have conversations as much as what we once did. And it is genuine, it's genuinely an art, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Knowing how to and have the confidence to strike up a conversation with a random. And I guess that's what we're trying to do, you know, with trademark shirts is really it's a real visual stimulus to starting that conversation the catalyst least, yeah yeah recognizing you know oh hey I, I know what that shirt's about we hear those stories all the time yeah. of people connecting with each other just complete randoms 
that's gold. Like that's what it's all about: human connection, human interaction, just cutting the bullshit and just having a yarn with someone. You know, non-judgmental, all that sort of stuff. Yep. Just keeping it real. Definitely, definitely. Um, at what's um, at what point did you know Blokeopedia was? You wanted to give it a red hot crack. I've certainly had moments where I've gone, what am I doing? You know, um, because it is, I think, you know, doing something well like Blokeopedia and, you know, and it's so important, you know, that, that you can't just kind of dabble in it. You've got to, as you say, give it a red hot crack. I think there was there, there was a couple of times and there's a couple of things that are always kind of on my mind to continue going with it and to develop it and... Um, know one of them was a guy that I knew um called him one day for a beer on a Friday Arvo and said um you know hey John you know I want to catch up for a beer and he oh um um oh look actually mate he says I've um gonna go and see a counsellor all all this stuff that you're putting out there about mental health and um you know guys having to talk about their shit well yeah I've I've started to see this counsellor because I wasn't coping bloody hell yeah and this guy's a you know, real blokey kind of bloke, and I thought, Jesus, okay, this is actually that's a win. It's, it's, it's rubbing a win. off, yeah, massive yeah, win right yeah, there, isn't it? Exactly. And yeah. it's those little, you know, well, they're not little; they're ah, massive. You know, that if you can change, and it's a little bit buzzwordish as well, but you know, if you're able to impact one person's life by the work that you're doing, um, and change it, and I think that is a, r- a real plus. You know, um, so to, I, I guess, we're motivated, inspired by people who actually. Um, are sharing their stories and making changes in their life or benefiting from attending an event, you know. Um, and for me, that's um, a, a real positive, yeah. So, and I think the way that we're going about it is is pretty cool that we're trying to take these conversations around men's health and well-being to, to the pubs and, and to the places that guys Relatable feel comfortable. Areas. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. That's um, awesome. It's awesome, mate. So what about you? What, how do you look after your own mental health? Yeah, um, that's, a, that's a good question. That's something that um, I've had to really look at lately uh, or in the last 12 months to kind of make sure that I'm um, walking the walk. Um, so I've joined a, a um, gym that I go to three times a week. Um, it's actually an over-30s men's club that I do. So it's all <laughs> nice. these likes, yeah, yeah. Another community? Exactly. It's exactly <laughs> what they're doing. It's a community, you know, of blokes who are all just trying to, you know, get a bit fitter and look after their bodies a little bit um, uh, better as well. So, yeah, I'll go there three times a week, you know, have um, good yarn with the fellas before and after the training. We went uh, went to the pub together on Saturday as well. So it is, it's, um, it's having awesome, that mate. connection as well. And I think for me as well in um, something that I've learnt through, um, through Blokeopedia is to, if I'm struggling with things, you know, um, is to actually have that conversation with with my wife about, you know, hey, this is how I'm feeling and uh, being a little bit more open and, and more um, vulnerable in, in – uh, and it doesn't need to be all doom and gloom. It could yeah. be just something little, you know, but to go, hey, I'm actually feeling a bit off at the moment, you know. Um, and that to me is, is just those little things that you need to kind of improve in your day-to-day t- in order to, you know, um, manage your relationships better and also manage your own mental health. Yeah. And I guess there's nothing um, wrong with that either. We all have off days, right? We all go through little patches or mm. different stresses, you know, in day to day life because there's a lot of them mm. um, that can sort of 
take you down that path a little bit, but there's absolutely yeah. nothing wrong with sort of opening up and, you know, admitting to that and just verbalising it as much yeah, as yeah. anything just to get it out there. And I think that, um, you know, you went to that event that Dr. Happy spoke at, you know. He I was just about to get to that. Yeah, bloody oh, oh. No. no, no, go, go. Yeah, Dr. Happy, we've got Dr. Cl- Dr. Clive Williams and Dr. Happy and the, and the famous Jeanette Jeffkins. Yeah, so at that event that we had with... Um, where Dr. Happy spoke, he talked about, you know, the importance of you don't you don't need to be happy all the time in order to, you know, get through the day to day. In fact, it'd be a little bit weird if you were happy all the time. So <laughs> yeah, Well but that's like the, the checkout guy at Woolworths we got at the moment, he's always far too happy. I'm like I feel a little bit uncomfortable with those people. You know, yeah. Oh, please yeah, calm yeah, down, buddy. Yeah, yeah. I love your enthusiasm, but come on. Mm. No, I don't have a rewards card. Um <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want an ushie. <laughs> no, no, actually, to, off topic a bit, ushies. So I, um, yeah, the other day I was like, oh, no, I don't want them. You know, they're single-use plastic. And he goes, no, they're a toy. And I said, oh, you got me, you bugger. He, he had that one. He had that one ready to fire. And he got me. And we'll be able to edit that bit out anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Dr. Happy, just yeah. um, give us a bit of background on Dr. Happy because, yeah, mm. anyone who, who's called Dr. Happy or known as Dr. Happy, you yeah, I don't know. How do I handle this? What's going on? What's yeah, going yeah, on yeah. Yeah. What pills does he yeah. describe? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I came across, uh, like I do with most of the events for, for Blokepedia, through I think social media, I came across this guy, Dr. Happy. I'm like, it's a little bit catchy, you know, I need to find out more. So he actually um, did a podcast with uh, Gus Warland. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Triple M. Yeah, yeah. So th- Gotcha for life. Yeah, so uh, they did a podcast together um, talking about um, men's health. I don't know whether, I forget what it's called, something about, you know, um, be a man or something like that, um, talking about um, uh, all those kind of uh, issues that we we deal with, you know, talking about mental health and depression and got these guys to come in and, yeah, listen to that. And I thought, this guy's pretty interesting. So, yeah, um, called him up and told him about Blokeopedia and he just... Loved the idea of it, so actually paid for himself to come up to to Brizzy and be part of the event, which was just absolutely lovely of him. Um, but his about um, positive psychology. Um, but he he suffers depression and anxiety himself, so he talks about it in quite an open way, and he's um, you know definitely doesn't hide any of that. So he actually is quite relatable in that regard. Yeah, lovely, lovely guy. I think it's important that people show that other side of have down days mm. that's one thing that I've, I've said before it annoys me like you see blokes like uh, tony robbins and gary vaynerchuk and all these guys yeah, and they're yeah. just on all the time and it's like come on you know you're not on all the time mm. you know there's there's days where you, it's just a shit day yeah, yeah you know and we need to hear that because then because people can't really relate because then people are like oh my god is this uh, I, i'm not happy all the time like oh. so i think mm. that that's the big disconnect it's you, good it's good to hear that a bloke like dr happy is yeah. is uh, you know showing that 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 side it's it's i think it's bloody imperative you'd have to think at those tony robbins events like shit must go wrong with that many people something like something must go wrong sometime or someone in the crowd must you know oh, but surely or, he gets you know, home from like work he, one he day get, and yeah. he's just got this shits you know yeah. he's just yeah. had a shitty day I want to hear about that. I want to, you know, I just like that's the sort of stuff. I think people need to be a bit more transparent. Yeah, and it, it, and then you're a bit more relatable. It, it does uh, lull you into this kind of yeah false ideal around what it is to you know live life on a day to day. You know, if, if people like him are going, oh, it's all about being full of energy and high on life and happy all the time, then yeah, it's luring you into 
Well, then people can worry that, oh, shit, I don't feel like that. I'm never, that uh, it's unattainable. Is that I'm never going to be able to achieve yeah. that yeah. level of happiness. So, like, what's wrong with me? Yeah, and I then think... you wonder yeah. why people close down when exactly. you know, shit is going down exactly. in their life because the reality that they think is uh, that you're not allowed to be like that. Yeah, no, I think it's just being more open. Everyone's yeah. just got to be a bit more honest. Yep. So yeah. I've just grabbed off your a little quote here off your website. Um, in a society where so many men struggle to speak up when times are tough, Blokeopedia is providing a sounding board that can save lives. An incredible movement and one I'm proud to say I'm a part of. Ben Alexander. Benny Alexander. So yeah. wall, former Wallabies, Brumbies player. Yep. Prop. He's a big prop, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's trimmed down big time now. He's doing that um what's that the park run? Oh uh, yeah. He's gone from being hundred and ten K or whatever to seventy. Yeah, right. Jeez. No, so he's, he's probably not. <laughs> back, so <laughs> back back to a bit of a natural bit, bit of a natural weight or yeah. something trimmed down. Um, so how important do you think it is to have blokes like Ben Alexander, who is a Wallabies prop, mm. talking openly about mental health and emotional intelligence? How important do you think it is for, for people that are relatable to be having these conversations? I'd love that love it if we were in a society where that wasn't needed but I think at the moment it is that we need people like Benny and and, and Shiloh and these other guys coming out and actually talking about you know um, being vulnerable um, like you're saying you know yeah um, and, and Benny's a, a lovely fella and um, he's got a pub down in Canberra that he's um, put on a couple of blokeopedia events for down there awesome. um, and yeah he's just one of uh, yeah one of the world's really good men. Um, and it is important, and I'm really grateful for the support of uh, of the likes of Benny uh, when it comes to Blokepedia because I think guys see it and go, geez, he's a big, hard rugby player, but he's telling me, you know, that he's had times when he struggles or that he's, he's very much an advocate for um, having a good diet and living a, you know, a healthy lifestyle, lifestyle. through running and stuff. Yeah. So, And that all is linked to your, your mental health anyway, so... Yeah, no, for me, really important. Those guys I was um, listening to something on the uh, weekend about sports people now. They're as famous as they've ever been and they've got more money than they've ever had, but they're as unhappy as they've ever been because at the moment they're scrutinised constantly and you can't be a famous athlete now without just getting roasted. Yeah. If you do, If you do stuff right... Hopefully you do. That's great. But if you put a foot wrong, whether you're a coach or a player or whatever, you're just uh, just so scrutinised and just absolutely roasted in the media. Yeah, well Ben was actually um, spoke about that at an event that we had. He um, was playing for Australia against the British Lions, and what they come around those games every twelve years or so. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and he had an absolute shocker of a match apparently, and uh, got sent off uh, for whatever reason. Uh, apparently just got hounded over over social media, you know, all sorts of nasty stuff said to him. Um, and, and, yeah, he said he was talking about how much that impacted him. Um, but, you know, that people think that they're hiding behind, you know, their computer screens and giving someone that they've never met an absolute earful because, you know, he had a bit of an off game, you know. So, um, yeah, I do feel sorry for, for these athletes because they are under such scrutiny these days. And... and you know, they're thrusted into the limelight. No one really gives them, you know, 
a proper education around, oh, this is what to expect, and they shouldn't have to expect that anyway. They really. ma- they're made famous because they're good at footy. They're not made yeah, famous yeah. because they know how to talk to the media mm. or to manage a social media account or anything like that. Yeah. These are just the byproduct of fame mm. that you have to learn pretty bloody quickly on your, on your feet. So I've got... Um, You've got one coming up, a Blokeopedia event. Yes. Um, with um, Oki. Oki, yeah. Mark Ocalupo, classic, um, buddy, famous Aussie surfer. One of the um, greatest sporting comebacks I think we've probably seen in the modern era. Um, you know, he was a bit of a prodigy surfer as a young teenager. Um, ended up kind of disappearing for a while and ten, um, putting on a lot of weight and his own demons to battle, lost all the weight, came back, and the following year uh, ended up becoming world number one. So, uh, looking forward to hearing his story. It's got wow, yeah. How did you come up? How did you come upon Oki? How did you find him? Um, so, B Derbidge, who um, is speaking at the event as well, um, uh, pretty much got his contact details on. No, no. <laughs> do you know any other servers? It's a warm lead. He got a cold call from from me one. Uh, one night, uh, you know, and did the, the spiel about, you know, um, Blokeopedia and, and he was all on board with it. So It's awesome, man. Yeah, it's, you'd really be surprised by the amount of guys who go, yep, yeah, I'm in, you know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so we've got Oki Bede is speaking. Um, got the head psych for uh, Surfing Australia as well, Jason Patchell. Oh, awesome. Yeah, um, and uh, Matty Elliott who... Oh, yeah, um, Pen- Penrith Panthers coach. Yeah, yep, yep. Um, now he's a um, director of Zenergy. Um, they do health and well-being. They've got a, a really good program they run out of uh, Sydney called the Change Room. So working with guy uh, people who've suffered from PTSD, and I guess doing a lot of work with them to get them back into the workforce and stuff. So um, yeah, Matt's um, really keen to get raw and real and um, have some good discussion around. Um, you know, how we can improve our lives through, um, I guess, being more aware of our emotions and how to manage those. Emotional intelligence. Yeah. Very important now, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. So um, it should be a cracker of an event and it's at Bolter Brewery. I was going to say, Mm. my favourite beer, although lots of people's favourite beer at the moment, at XPA. I haven't tried it yet. I drink the um, Captain Sensible. Oh, do you? Yeah. (laughs) Very good Dr. call. Happy Captain Moderation. Sensible. What the bloody hell's going on? Um, <laughs> Forming so, our own superhero alliance. So that's <laughs> down at Bolter Brewery. Um, shit, where is it again? On the uh, just on Corumban. the coast. Yeah, yeah. Um, on, and on the Gold Coast. Uh, Mick Fanning's got a piece of that pie, doesn't he? He does. Yeah, there's Mick, um, Joel Parkinson as well. Cool. Um, a few other guys. Yeah. Um, so I just wanted to because I met someone. Really awesome at the Blokeopedia event that I went to. And I'd met her before, but one of the speakers at the event that I was at was Jeanette Jifkins. Mm. Jeanette Jifkins is on the chair of uh, Men's Line Australia. She was just amazing. But when she spoke, first off, she was a female at a Blokeopedia event, so I probably wasn't expecting that. Nor was I expecting her to tell such a profound story of personal experience Mm. of her own life and stresses and struggles and, you know, things that she's been through as a professional working woman yeah. with kids and family and a relationship. And she spoke so honestly and openly. And I could I felt that out of the three speakers I related to Jeanette Jeffkins more than anyone. Yeah. And it was just 
profound. So I guess these blogopedia events are they female friendly? Yeah, yeah. I um, you know, I think we've only had the one event that's been a men's only, and that was in Claremont, and that was the community there decided that that's what they wanted to do, and that's fine. But f- for me, um, the blogopedia events are, are for everyone. I want them to be um, inclusive, so that um, you know, if women, you know, because ultimately. It's the women in our lives that can encourage us and be our biggest supporters when we're having, you know, when we're in tough times and stuff. So, and they want to ha- figure out how us blokes work, you know. So, yeah, I really encourage women to come along to these that's, events. That's a big thing. They want to figure out how we tick because we were on a podcast the other week, A Splash of Colour, yep. with Laura and Pauline, and they wanted to know what can men do, sorry, what can women do for their partners because they just don't understand how to help them men who are going through things what can the females in their lives do to help support them and it's a tough question yeah because the people who most care about you your your partner's spouse wife whatever often they're not the person who can who can help you at all because men can feel nagged and can feel you know just a bit boxed in a bit sometimes and they can need their need their space and all that sort of stuff but yeah i think there's a lot of you know females out there who really want to try to understand how they can help the men in their lives yeah yeah so maybe and i think that's what that event was about wasn't it, it was supporting the supporting the men, the men. Lives. Yeah. yeah exactly um and so many i think you know the um probably 20 percent of our um people who get involved are, are women you know um and wanting to know exactly that you know well how do i support my husband or my brother um, and you know, just just like guys do, they want to know. Well, how do I spend our lives trying to figure out the opposite sex. <laughs> what is going on here? <laughs> so true, though. What about uh, with your with getting married? Yep. I, I say, so if you, like, did you get pre-marriage counselling or anything with your fiance or now wife? No, no, didn't do anything like no, that. I just yep, jumped in. We actually um, had quite a. Um, I think we were engaged for four months. Yep. Yeah, which was c- quite cool actually, because we didn't have to deal with all the stress of you know, the lead up to the <laughs> wedding for two. There's long. no yeah. time. There's no time to have second thoughts in four months no, either. Like that's, that's just like quick done. No I've, cooling off period. Yeah, yeah, yeah. straight in. Yeah, yeah. no. I was did just, you do it? Yeah, we did pre-marriage cancer. It was fr- fantastic. Yeah, okay. yeah, it was really good because that was the biggest thing. Like we we're just talking about here with Laura and Pauline. It was communication. Yeah, people don't know how to communicate. So it was sort of that's the that was the biggest thing I took out because the little things that you know would end up into a little bit of Barney. It was like, oh, well, that was just that little tweak. I just need to understand why you do that. And it's just people don't realise. Yeah, yeah. And, like, that was the greatest thing, you know. And, yeah. like, I just can't talk highly enough of how important it is, yeah, to find out more about each other yeah. through a third person. Like, I thought it was fantastic. I know exactly why he thought it was so good as well because he identified that in his relationship, well, in his life, one of the most important things to him is his time to sit down and watch South Sydney Rabbitohs play. Oh, yeah. And he's like, how do I communicate yeah. this? Yeah, how do I convince that this is... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's like a non-questionable, which is like, that's my one thing. Yeah, just yeah. That has whatever. to have. But you know what I mean? Like, it's, it, it's just an interesting... <laughs> yeah, and that's important in itself, isn't it? To actually go, hey, this is really important. I want that... Um, it's a downtime. Yeah, a bit of downtime, yeah. Mm. Even yeah. though it can frustrate the hell out of you if they're not oh, playing Oh, I well can come out of the back end of it just you know, hated, like, <laughs> red face, and I get right into it. Like, I'm obsessed. But that's my, you know, that's my release. That's my time out for the week. That's, like, my 80 minutes of my time. So, yeah, it's... it's, it's so really the off-season's not much, Charles. Yeah, the off-season's <laughs> crap. 
actually has to talk. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. Um, now, we were out in Comet earlier this year. Yes. We were out there for the uh, Comet Barrel uh, Ball, inaugural ball, and they were raising a whole lot of money at that event for to provide mental health services to the area. Mm. And now I hear that Blokeopedia is getting a run out in Comet. Yeah. We're, um, what an amazing community that is, that is out there. What is it? The Comet um, River Social... Comet River Associ- Social Association. Yeah. yeah CRSA. Yeah. And I think run by, you know, community people there. You yeah, young, all young, young, all young yeah. people. And There's heaps of people, like 20 young They're all under 25. The yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, the, it's fantastic. It's brilliant. Yeah, it's just amazing, you know, and, and yeah, for these guys to, to get Community, again. Yep. Community. And they belong to this they association, do. right? It's a sen- mm. bit of sense of belonging there. And give back to, f- to more people. Yeah. It's really cool. No, so um, we've been invited out there as part of the, well, I think our event will be coinciding with the Comet Camp Draft. So yep. um, we've got uh, Dave Shillington going out as well as Dr. Clive Williams and we'll do one of our Blokepedia-style events. Um, it'll be interesting to you know see the turnout there and the, the engagement. There's a little bit of um, fearing going out to these places because it's a little you bit... You never know how you'll be perceived. Yeah, exactly. Um, but then... Probably just like we did out in Emerald, uh, not Emerald, um, yeah, Claremont. That yeah, actually quite surprised by the level of engagement there. But yeah, really looking forward to that event, and we're hoping to do some school visits there as well because um, they've had a real um, issue out in that co- uh, community in Emerald. I think with youth suicides, they have uh, yeah, which, uh, which is why you know Headspace is moving out there. And I think you were saying before when we were off air that are uh, these guys um, that association Rural is actually. Aid. Is it Rural Aid? Rural Aid, yeah. yeah, yeah. Rural Aid. Raised yeah. some money and stuff. So Yeah, so they've been running, from what I understand, running a couple of programs in schools and all that sort of stuff. And yeah. that's and that's what it's all about, isn't it? Getting in at a young age. and Yeah. Again, we touched on emotional intelligence before, but it's just never something that was ever taught at school. It was all about book smarts, right? Yeah. And that has... The, pr- the proof is in the pudding that that has gotten people nowhere, right? Really, it might get you a big fat paycheck at the end of the day, but does mm. it allow you to feel fulfilled? Yeah, yeah. Or does it, you know, allow you to achieve you know, your, your your real sort of desires and purpose? I think probably not, so. Yeah, I think purpose is a big one, yeah. You, mm. you could be earning the big bucks, and if you're not actually feeling like you're contributing to society or, you know, providing value and, and getting purpose for your own life, yeah, then... And I think that's such a common thing for blokes to feel as well, especially when you, you know, you might have a young family or, you know, a house, mortgage, all this sort of stuff to continue to provide. Mm. I do think that lots of people probably feel like they, they get stuck in a in a scenario where they might not be that happy in their job and it's certainly not fulfilling, but it's just putting the, the food on the table and you're sort of just surviving and you're just getting by and, you know, it's not, you're not, as you said, Ed, not flying out of bed, you're not jumping out of bed to... To get there in the morning, and and that's a sad cycle to be in. I think it's a really necessary in a lot of mm. situations because blokes have got to do what they've got to do. But it'd be awesome if there was a way for a lot of people out there to find, you know, find their, their purpose. purpose and what makes them tick. And because yeah. it's true, I mean, like even for us, I was a carpenter for ten years, and. When I left school, it was an, an honest job. I knew this is a great, you know, I was interested in the trades. I knew you'd always have work and, you know, getting a trade is great. And all through my time, really enjoyed learning it, really enjoyed, you know, applying my, my skills and, you know, going to work. But it never felt like, I never felt completely fulfilled. You get that yeah. sense of self-satisfaction when you've 
finished a job or whatever and you can look and you, you do get that satisfaction of seeing what you've built or, or done that's definitely there but probably always felt a, a little bit like oh I feel like there's something else out there for me and I think mm. there's nothing wrong with that and it's probably very common and then gone through you know a couple of unfortunate events and then and I've gone and made trade mutt and I feel like I've landed yeah. sort of where I was supposed to be and suddenly feel really fulfilled and suddenly yeah it's like it doesn't feel like work anymore it's easy to get out of bed you can fly out of bed I look forward to you know have a new come in here today and have a yarn with you because like that's a that's an awesome thing to to do you know day to day so yeah you're right well same with me like I look back on my last probably 12 months working in carpentry and how much I hated it I couldn't stand it I could drag myself out of bed at six you know five past six hit snooze 35 times until you know it was the last minute I had to get out of bed but now you know i Jumping out of bed at 5.30, like going down to the gym, running a few K on the treadmill, go for a swim in the pool, do a bit of meditation in the uh, in the sauna. I bloody love it. Fantastic, you know, an hour in the morning and, and in here, bounced around all day. Yeah, get to speak to people like you and it's yeah. it's great. I, I, it's, but there's yeah, a sense of the, giving back, I think, isn't there? Like I get a real profound sense of, from some of the stories that we get, you know, about trademark and different people out there that, you know, we've helped, there, there's a, a real strong sense of, actually you know making a bit of a difference and giving back and uh, you know do you feel that with blokeopedia do you feel that that you're actually you know giving oh, definitely yeah. yeah and i think you know because you know not everyone's going to be in a position where they can start a trademark or or a blokeopedia or, or whatever that might be but mm. if you kind of operate on a more micro level and go you know what i actually want to get that 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 buzz from giving back through you know working at a charity or um, helping out my neighbour, it could be something quite simple that gives you that feeling because, you know, yeah, unfortunately everyone's got bills to pay and mortgages and, and responsibilities of um, adult life. But if you kind of look at, well, where am I going to get my feeling of purpose from and find that, you know, or where am I going to f- find that sense of community? We'll yeah. go out and look for that. You know, it might not be joining a gym. It might be bowling, uh, joining a bowls club or whatever yeah. it might be. But yeah. you just got to find what works for you. It might be joining the Man Eyes Line Dancing Club. Oh, oh. I saw those yeah. videos. Mate, yeah. unreal. Yeah. Yeah, we were just phenomenal. so... We were mesmerised. You, you didn't have a boogie? Yeah, or? we did. Yeah, oh, we yeah, did. We yeah, we tried... Uh, I can't remember what song it was now. But by that time, uh, the two-step? Yeah. Something about that. But by that time, when we got to have a chance of boogieing, when you were told to turn left, everyone turned turn right, right and everyone was yeah, banging was into each other. and The wine... Help with that, or yeah, 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 I suppose so. It was, it was a bit like that. (laughs) So wine dancing, what (laughs) wine dancing? (laughs) So edited out too. Josh, the (laughs) yeah, the what's what's the big picture? Like where's Blokeopedia headed? Where what what's what do you want to achieve? Yeah, um, for us, we've you know evolved from you know the blog side into into the events now. Now we're looking at uh, I guess working with organisations and communities to um, deliver programs that. I guess take what Blokeopedia is about and, and um, you know give people the tools and resources to be able to, I guess, in, um, you know have those conversations that matter is what we call them. Um, have those, but also you know the tools to navigate personal life as well. How we deal with change, you know, whether it's dealing with change like fatherhood and new relationships, etc., as well. So um, starting to work with uh, organisations as. Uh, already uh which is exciting awesome. and just obviously more of that because um, like you guys we're a social enterprise so uh i guess part of our profits go back into running these events that we put on in communities because the tickets we sell them 
pretty cheap so that we can actually make them accessible to people because we don't want, I guess... Um, be priced out of the market, people, yeah, well be not priced just out that, of it. You yeah. know, that, that we don't want finance to be a barrier to, to no. coming along to an Shit, event. No. So yeah. and, and sometimes, you know, people are struggling financially and if they go, well, I can't afford the $70 ticket, then, yeah, we're not going to... Yeah, and I guess the other, and then the other side is, bucks or 20 bucks. yeah, right. And you've, and you also you need to be able to make money to be able to continue to yeah, do yeah. the good that you want to do, isn't yep. it? It's always a you know a bit of a, a balancing act because mm. yeah, it'd be great if you know you could afford to, you know, make trademark shirts for free and get it out there, or yeah, put yeah. on events for free and you know get people along. But yeah, to do good, you you need to make it sustainable somehow. Exactly, and that's what it's about is being sustainable. You know, the events are fantastic, and that's why the idea for programs and to actually um, come up with something that is actually a bit of a legacy left after you know so if we deliver an event and we go well it's great and you kind of have that good feeling for a couple of days but what now what, yeah yeah so i think it's important to kind of um give those uh tools that people can access down the track Mate, as well well it looks like it's all going in, in a really great direction and i um I love it. I love the event that I went to. I'd love to go to down to the Bolter Brewery. I'd love to go there just to check out the brewery, but if there's a blokeopedia event on two even, wins, even better. So that's on the next event, Wednesday the twenty eighth of August. That's right. And I that think there's literally about ten or twelve tickets left. Uh, Get in quick, people. Yeah, exactly. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Yep. And so, uh, if anyone wants to check that out, yep. check out uh, blokeopedia on Instagram or um, Facebook, Facebook or the website. Locopedia.com. Yeah, we'll put some awesome. um, we'll put some details up for that, mate. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure having you in here, and yeah, can certainly say um, awesome to be to be mates with. Yeah, you know. Yeah, thank you, and you guys are doing amazing jobs, and um, really want to see more of these shirts out in the community. Fantastic. Thanks, All right, on, thanks, guys. Josh. Good on you, Cheers. legends. Thank you. You've been listening to Trademark's One Twenty Grit podcast. To watch it online, head to www.trademark.com. Or you can check us out on Facebook and Instagram using the handle at Trademutt. Thanks for listening.